Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Bessus Hashem Shalom Bayes Shir number 238. Metashem and future Shirim soon coming up. We are going to t- discuss um, John Gottman's um, studies and the seven principles he came um, up with based on observation of couples on what makes marriage work and what makes marriage thrive. And Bessus Hashem, we will talk about that. Today, though, we will talk about the important skill of listening in order to understand. And when you listen to your spouse speak, um, if you really use that skill correctly, the listening skill, you will constantly gain more insights into who your spouse is. And we mentioned this several times, and it's important to know and to reiterate, even though people seem not to believe it. People believe that they know their spouse like a book, especially if they've been with them for such a long period of time. And they could have been married already 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, even more, even 40 years plus. And they think, How, what, what else can I learn about my spouse? What don't I know? I know everything. And you'll be shocked that you know very little, despite the fact that you've been married for so long and interacted for so many years and for, for, for you know and and and, and spend so much time under the same roof because when you listen to your spouse speak very often we don't have this skill but when we practice this skill of trying our best to gain more insight into who our spouse is as they are speaking you will learn a lot of new things about them that you didn't realize nuances and things that you did not realize that were important to them. And very often when we listen to people speak about themselves, we we think critically as they're talking, I wouldn't react like that. Or why is why are you upset? You know, even if you don't say it, you're thinking it. And you're passing judgment as you are listening to your husband or your wife and instead of passing judgment you could shift that and decide we'll put aside the judgment i'm not saying we don't make judgments of course sometimes you need to judge and evaluate what your spouse is is saying and if you disagree you could express it but right now as you're listening i'm putting that aside no judgments at this moment i'm taking in the information that i need to hear i'm making a decision to listen objectively with a kindness, with an openness to what my husband is saying, to what my wife is saying. And to understand other people, you need to understand them from the way they are describing themselves, not the way you're interpreting the way they're describing themselves. What they're talking about themselves and how they think about themselves, and you could figure it out based on, even if they don't say it explicitly, and don't add your own interpretations and distort the view. Be as open and clear as possible to take in that that information objectively. And when you listen to understand, you'll be able to ha- gain a tremendous amount of useful information about your spouse that will be able to help you avoid doing things or saying things that will cause him or her pain. And you will gain more opportunities to do acts of kindness. Zell Pliskin, in his book In Marriage and other books, talks a lot about this concept of listening with empathy. 
In other words, when your spouse has complaints, it's easy to argue or counteract, or like we talked about in the previous few shiurim that Rabbi got, got, John Gottman brings down, of defensiveness. The complaint that you hear from your spouse triggers within you automatically a wall of protection on being defensive. No, it's not my fault. And you don't have to bash yourself. Could be it isn't your fault. You don't have to just blindly blame yourself. But when your spouse does have a complaint and she or he is expressing that complaint, don't try to argue. Don't try to counteract. Do your best not to be defensive, but understand what your spouse is saying and what's bothering him or her. Very often, they don't really, un, you know, they, they didn't catch what you were trying to do and then you can explain what they mean, what, what, what they really mean. And people can be married for many years, many, many years, but very often they haven't listened to each other in a basic level. But once they do this, once they start developing that skill, you'll see there's a tremendous amount of potential, beneficial things that are being discussed and that you're learning that can enhance the relationship in a great, to a great degree. We resolve ourselves now. I'm going to listen, not so that I could get a response back and I could counter-attack or to counter-argue. I am listening to understand. And the truth is you could do this not just when your husband or wife is talking to you, but let's say you're in the kitchen and your husband or wife is talking to your children or on the phone and you're overhearing, they're talking, having a certain conversation, but in your presence, they're having a conversation with somebody else. And when you listen to their dialogue, for the purpose of understanding it, you will know and you will sense what's more, what's important to him, what's important to her. And you understand, you understand the body languages. You understand their, their, their emotional reactions to things. Um, and, um, so you see, this, it requires a certain amount of objectivity in understanding this, that people, when they talk and they have a pattern of talking, they're trying to convey things. And by you paying attention to that, you will understand your husband and wife much, much better. And, um, that, that's a very, very... Um, important concept. He says here that um, Zelik Pliskin in, in his marriage book talks about this subject. And then he says, interesting, he says for some people, for example, it's very hard, they have a pattern of compulsive eating. They have weight issues that affect their self-esteem. And self, lack of self-esteem and weight issues are sometimes tied out, tied to each other, or emotional eating is based on emotional response, is tied to overeating sometimes. And um, so it's a little difficult. And we didn't really get into this much when one of the spouses has a weight problem or, or struggling with eating, and the other spouse never had to deal with such an issue. They don't have this problem. Like, for example, one of them, when they're under a lot of stress, they don't eat. So they certainly don't overeat. So they stay in shape, at least physically speaking, because when they're on stress, they tend to eat less. So they're not going to overindulge. While others, when they're in stress, they're going to 
they're going to run to the, you know, to the eat all the cookies and, and whatever it is. It's a different reaction to stress. So when you understand that, based on your positive or painful childhood experiences, how you would, will react in different ways that your, than your husband or than your wife, you'll understand as they share some of that difficulty in childhood or other situations they had, and they share it with you and you share it with each other, you'll be understand the difficulties. Of course you want your husband or your wife to lose that weight that you want them to lose. But it's not just a matter of wagging the finger and saying, you know, go to this exercise class or don't bring this in the, into it, have a little self-discipline. It's more with understanding each other, where it's coming from, and being mechazic each other, what we can do to help the situation. So positive things, positive, par- uh, uh, positive words, positive patterns of words need to be used when expressing things to each other and listening with a kindness. So these, for example, there's words like that can, will convey that you, you know, doing the right thing practical, balanced, down-to-earth. You could talk about how your spouse has your shemayim, has good midas, has a havas Hashem, has a ratzan Hashem, wants to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, has some serious nefesh. You talk to each other and you start seeing in your spouse that they do indeed have understanding and caring and compassion and kindness and gentleness and they're warm and they're considerate or they're brilliant or they're deep. Or, you know, and so on and so forth. And when you listen to understand, there's no reason to argue needlessly. We talked about in the last few shiurim that sometimes you could express when you're upset about something. But what you do is beforehand, you think about it, you take a deep breath, you say, is it worth saying, not worth saying? And if you're going to feel, yes, I need to say this, so my husband or wife understands so they shouldn't be doing this because it's hurting me then they say it in a way where it's very easy for the other one to listen and understand and be patient and will be able to pick up the points you're trying to make. And, and, and that's very important. So in other words, besides the fact, in order to listen carefully to your spouse the one that's talking also needs to learn how to talk in a very sensitive way. That'll be conducive for your spouse to listen to you. And um, part of listening, uh, he also talks about, is to ask the right questions. That when you when you are listening, and you ask those questions in a gentle f- tone of voice and for clarification. Meaning, you know, let's say your wife or your husband is telling something and then you something doesn't make sense to you. You don't say the words, hey, you're not making any sense. Or, you know, you're contradicting yourself, you know, or something very har- uh, direct or harsh like that. No. Instead, you say, wait a minute, I need some clarification. You say, And you say it very gently. You tell your wife or your husband, you just said this statement, but I don't understand it. Because doesn't this, what happened, or based on what you said in this situation, tells me something different? 
So if you can explain that. So in other words, your questions here will further your understanding of your spouse. Show her or him that you're sensitive. You listened. You listened carefully to what your husband or wife had to say, and you have a question based on something else that they said. But your your but your spouse is going to start to realize that you're that you're that you're um, considering her words or his words with a certain weight. That's important. Sometimes they may say, I don't know about something, and you can work out together to deal with whatever that question is, whatever that I don't know is about. And there's so many things to talk about in this area of listening. And truth be told, this is a real key in patching marriages up, saving marriages, enhancing marriages the listening, the true listening, and asking the correct questions with the purpose of wanting to learn. And very often, and this is something that I really should do, to talk about personality differences that make a big difference in marriage. That can be very complex, but once it's learned, and I feel, like I said, there are different types of people. Some people care about personality types. I'm one of them. I enjoy it, and uh, I think it's fascinating, and you can learn so much. Others are not interested in it, and that's okay, too. I will only want to give shiurim in this topic, not because, I would, I would hope to think, not because the topic is fascinating, which it is, but more very simply that we, even if you're not into it, but certain insights about it will help so many marriages and, and help like a light bulb will go on. Aha. Aha. Like, for example, if one partner, one of the husband or the wife, one of them is a thinker, meaning they talk very logically and, and with reason, and it seems that they're talking with a certain coldness, but it's not coldness, it's just logical. While the other one likes talking about feelings so you have a little bit of a conflict there in their personality styles. One of them wants to always be together with people. The other one wants to be alone, the introvert-extrovert difference. One of them is extremely organized and misuder in their day, and the other one needs to go with the flow. They'll accomplish a tremendous amount too. It's not like the one that's not organized is not accomplishing. They're accomplishing great things, but they're doing it in a open-ended open-ended, not strong schedule, loose schedule type of a way, while the other one is like very strict schedule. And they need to learn to respect each other's differences in this way and to learn with that. One's a night person. One's a morning person. One's very tired in the morning and then gets energy as the day goes on. And your spouse could be the opposite mamish has a tremendous amount of energy in the morning while you have your low energy. And then she gets tired as the day goes on and you get more energy. And, you, <laughs> and there's a conflict there. And you need to work out with each other those differences. You know, I know some people, and I know my family, it's like that, that in the morning, the first like two, three, one, two, three, four hours in the day, they're... They don't like talking. They they're 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 uh, and and they like to be by themselves and be left alone and process things. 
the first two, three hours of the day. Now the other one, if you're not used to it, will say, hey, you're being very rude. And you'll be hurt by it. You know, why are you so cold right now? And in the meantime, you'll see, if you see the pattern based on their personality and based on their habits, that every morning, that for, the, for some reason, they're more subdued and less enthusiastic or more cold-sounding in the morning hours until their brain fully wakes up and then they, they, it kicks in and then they become, you know, whatever it is, warm. So those are just some examples of how personality types and understanding those personality types could really, really make a tremendous amount of difference. Have a wonderful day.